Hi, and welcome to another episode of Varying Viewpoints. My name is Alex Reyes, pronouns he, him, and his, and I am a John Smart Summer Scholar Intern at the Samuel D. Witt Proctor Institute for Leadership, Equity, and Justice, and the Rutgers Center for Minority Serving Institutions. Hi, and my name is Ariadna Manso. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm also a John Smart Summer Scholar Intern at the Samuel D. Witt Proctor Institute for Leadership, Equity, and Justice, as well as the Rutgers Center for Minority Serving Institutions. And with us today, we have Dr. Monty Randall, President of the College of the Muscogee Nation and a veteran of the United States Navy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, Monty, it's a pleasure having you with us today. Uh, can you please start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, Mado. Estongo, Abika, Taladiga, Amadowados, Momen, Ijo Ogi Doez, Joili Hajoji Chahojikados, Momen, Muskogi, Adoa, Nakchoga, Mahaga, Sahawija, Emiko. Greetings, everybody. My name is Monty Randall. I'm a, a member of the Muskogee Creek Nation. I uh, introduce myself as a uh, member of the uh, Taladega Tribal Town. I'm a Deer Clan, and my uh, my Muscogee name uh, Joeli Hajoji, and I am the uh, president of the College of the Muscogee Nation. So, I've uh, been here a little over uh, ten years, a little over eleven years with the Muscogee Nation. So, I, I started at the College of the Muscogee Nation as a as an intern researcher, and then uh, I became a instructor for the Tribal Services Program and then uh, became the Dean of Student Affairs and the Dean of Academic Affairs uh, before going over to the Muscogee Creek Nation as the Secretary of Education. And then um, most recently returned back to the College of Muscogee Nation as the, as the president. So I started it in March, uh, March of this year. So, um, you know, the College of Muscogee Nation, we're located in Okmulgee, Oklahoma fully accredited through the Higher Learning Commission. We're an associate degree institution, uh, six associate programs, two certificate programs, um, roughly about 200 students, 90% um, uh, Muscogee Creek citizens, and um, about 99% Native American students. So we do have some non-Native students that attend here, um, but the, the, the vast majority is Muscogee Creek citizens who attend here. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. It seems like you have a wealth of knowledge for the topic that we're going to be discussing today. And so just to introduce our topic today, in this episode, we're going to discuss the graduation and retention efforts that the College of the Muscogee Nation has engaged in to support their Native American and Indigenous student populations. And throughout this episode, higher education professionals will be able to gain awareness on the support that they can offer to the student success efforts of tribal colleges and universities. And we will also focus on the hindrances that tribal colleges and universities encounter as they try to support the graduation and retention efforts of their Native American and Indigenous students and what higher education stakeholders can do to support these efforts. Thank you, Ariana And Monty, I know you talked about it a little already, but uh, if we want to dive into the questions, and you can start off by telling us a little overview of your institution and perhaps the population. So we offer uh, associate degrees, associate degrees, tribal services, Native American studies, gaming, criminal justice, natural resources, and uh, general studies. So those are our associate degrees, and then we offer two certificate degrees, gaming 
and, and uh, uh, Muskogee language uh, certificate. And so our Muskogee language certificate has just been um, has just been approved by the Higher Learning Commission to be a distance learning uh, program, so we can do that completely online now. Um, in the fall, so we're on a trimester system. So um, this summer we're actually in a in our summer term, so this is a full term for us. But uh, during the fall, we typically have over 200 students. So. Um, roughly from 200 to you know 230 students enrolled in the fall. That's our typically our highest enrollment. Spring, we're still over 200 uh, students. In the in the summer, we do kind of go down a little bit to about 150 students. So, uh, and as I mentioned before, 99% Native Americans that attend here. About 90% of them are, are Muscogee Creek citizens from uh, the communities uh, that we that we serve um, higher majority about 65% uh, are female uh, the average age of our student is um, about uh, you know 27 28 years old thank you so much for sharing this um, as well as the initiatives that you have it's great to hear that you know now you're going to be you got to prove for distance learning for that because it will definitely give you that opportunity to offer it in a much broader and wider um, range. Um, and so based on your experience working with Native American and Indigenous students, what are some of the biggest issues that Native American and Indigenous students in higher education experience that hinder their graduation or retention? So from from my experiences and, and actually from my from my uh, di dissertation research, on uh, on tribal college students, uh, their experiences, under preparedness, I, I feel like is is an issue. Um, you know, the we're we're a, an associate degree institution, so we're an open admissions institution as well, and so so we do have a lot of students in our remedial courses, in our remedial math, in our remedial English courses, so. You know, we we do, you know, with with math in particular, you know, there there are two zero level sections that students have to have to maneuver through in order to get to the college algebra or or the college credit course of of math, and so, you know, typically math for for many people is is a gateway, um, a gatekeeper course that if you if you don't get through that course. You may not see graduation, and so for a lot of our students, they're already they're already behind. They they're taking two remedial courses just to get to that college course. Um, so that that is a that is a big issue that we look at is the preparedness of our students that come here. You know, and and that that's something that we've, you know, that we can see through test scores. We can see through. You know the pass fail rate of those remedial courses, and then the you know the the grades uh, of you know those students going into college algebra, and we can see the the graduation rates that come from that. You know, and and, and so we've been aware of those things. Another hindrance to Native Americans, and you may have been seeing this in the news lately in the last month or so, about these the. The residential schools, the the Indian boarding schools, that are that are starting to uncover, um, you know these 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 remains, you know these bodies of children that that have been found in these mass graves. So, 
that is our that is our that is our history you know that is our part of our historical trauma as native american people and so you can't see that on a test score you can't see that in, in in the grades that doesn't reflect that but that is a part of who we are and so you know that lends to that underpreparedness of our students from early childhood through you know through secondary school um, and, and into into post secondary so those are some of the issues that that we face here and that's and that's the the issue in general that that tribal colleges try to face you know we we are you know i gave you the 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 population of our students but the population of our faculty and staff reflects that of our students we're we're you know 95% native american we're you know 90% muskogee creek so that helps our students when they come here to this institution that the the people who are teaching those classes the people who are distributing financial aid the people who are in the tutoring labs have those shared experiences with them they they we grew up in the same communities we face the same issues we we've go to the same ceremonies we go we've been to the same communities uh, as our students so that helps and that's part of it but that is a bigger issue not just the the underpreparedness and 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 the the remediation that's needed i mean there is a lot of um emotional issues um that are that our students face when whenever they come here yeah thank you for sharing i appreciate you sharing about you know the traumas um that come with students seeing stuff on the news so i think you make some important points about not just about what happens at your university, right? Mm-hmm. It's about what's happening in the world. Well, you know, and that and that has impacted us. You know, we're it's starting to come to light now for the nation to see. But these historical traumas, these intergenerational traumas, you know, those are those are the experiences that our people, you know, have lived. Not just not just those children you know, in the boarding school days, you know, we, we talk about that in the past, but for many of us, that's two gener that's that's two generations away. That's our grandparents. And you know, the effect that it had on them, you know, basically taking their childhood away from them and, and not preparing them, not being able to be prepared to be, you know, parents and, and caregivers. You know that that reflected on to the to their children, so my parents, and and so you know that that's across Indian country, that's in the state of Oklahoma. That is, you know, the and so, you know, the like I said, you know, our average age is is twenty seven. So we're getting older students, but we're also getting you know some students coming out of high schools, and. You know that is you know that historical trauma is is, is real that it is there you know the and what it leads to and this is part of my research um people people who have been susceptible to historical trauma they are more likely to make impulse decisions so that so this decision making process for a lot for people who, who've experienced historical trauma you know, it breaks down that that 
that rational decision-making process. And it creates these maladaptive behaviors and these dysfunctional behaviors, um, you know, so that's what, that's what we've experienced. And, and so really it, it, the, the foundation of it is um, low self-esteem, low self-efficacy. So, you know, students coming in here already thinking, oh, I'm in this zero level class man, I can't, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pass this class. I don't know if I'm going to be able to graduate. I'm just barely hanging on. You know, that's, that's the mindset of our students. And like I said, you know, we can see the test scores, but we can't see that necessarily. So that's what this college is about. That's what we focus on in our student services. That's what we focus on with the mission uh, of this college, you know, to emphasize native culture, language, values, and self-determination you know, using our language and our culture to build our students up, to build up their self-esteem. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, in regards to your student services um, and your graduation and retention efforts, um, how does your institution support students academically with the stuff that they may be behind on, um, as well as, you know, supporting with that and then also acknowledging the historical trauma and supporting students with that? Well, you know, here at the College of Muskogee Nation, you know, we, we have a lot of resources. Thankfully, we have a lot of support from our tribal government, the Muskogee Creek Nation. And, you know, they're invested in this institution and, and that is a, a big support for us to see that, to, to know that. So we have a lot of resources that, that are available. You know, of course, we offer the remedial courses in math and, and English and reading. We have tutoring assistance. We have a uh, academic learning center here on campus. So we have a full-time staff that's, I say that, a full-time staff of one um, devoted to that. But we also hire peer tutors, student tutors who come in and, and they help with the you know, with the students' needs. We have a, a student success center that helps with career and um, college, you know, advisement. So they, they kind of, they, they take the students in their first year experience and they guide them through the, you know, the enrollment process, the course scheduling process, you know, the, the degree plans. So they help them kind of keep them on track for that first year. Uh, in student success, and then um, and then in, in their second year, or or the second half of their degree program, then the um, the program coordinator kind of picks that up, and that's where they really start getting into the specialization courses of the degree programs. Anyway, so a lot of a lot of guidance in that way, a lot of student activities here in general. I, I, we just wrapped up uh, last week or, or a couple weeks ago. A, a disc golf tournament on campus. So that was uh, everybody getting involved from faculty and staff to students. And so we, we spread it out over the course of, of two weeks. So you could uh, just kind of come and go and, and do, your, uh, do, your, do your holes, I guess is what they would say. And um, so that was uh, that, that, you know, coming out of, coming out of COVID, the, the, the restrictions and the guidelines you know, that really had a, had a significant, had a, had a devastating impact 
on Native Americans, had a devastating impact on Muscogee Creek people, had a devastating impact on the College of the Muscogee Nation as we, as we lost our president, uh, President Robert Bible uh, last year. And um, so coming out of that, I think that was a, that was a good way to get this, um, to get this community, this college campus community back together. Um, you know, in, in activities, getting us out of the office, getting us around people again, getting us socializing again, you know, so, but we also do a lot of cultural activities here on campus that are, that are geared towards our language and our culture. So um, we do um, traditional bow stick making, we do basket making, we do, um, you know, have some dance demonstrations and, and just things like that. So uh, a lot of cultural activities. Thank you so much. It's really humbling um, personally to learn of all these activities and the support you offer to students, especially during, as you mentioned, COVID was hit the Native American communities pretty hard and very significantly, and especially a lot of tribal colleges and universities. Um, and so it's really humbling to learn of these efforts. Um, and so from your experience um, through the positions you've been in, and I know you've recently joined um, this position, um, but what has your experience been in measuring some of the effectiveness of the retention um, and graduation efforts that, um, are, that, that are present at the College of the Muscogee Nation? So, uh, you know, of course, as, as I mentioned, you know, those remedial courses, you know, we we look at the at this at the data, at the at the numbers of students who are progressing through the remedial courses. And that's what really gives us a good indication. You know, we call it, you know, we work with uh, some partners in achieving the dream and, and they've come out and they've helped us out with some uh, with some data coaching, with some leadership coaching and really helped us to look at how we view data and how we view you know the the progress of our students and so kind of completing the cycle so a remedial course and then the college level course so those are some of the issues that we really look at you know what are the rates what are the you know um, retention rates of, of the students who start in you know the the zero one five three math and then progress to the six, three, and then the college algebra, you know, and then how, you know, how many times are they having to take that five, three or that six, three class? And how many times are they having to take that, that college algebra class? So we look at, you know, we look at those rates and, and you know, of course we look at the, the gen ed courses as a whole, and then the program courses as a whole, you know, how, how many of our, are, are completing the, the program. So, you know the the standards given the you know the i guess the 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 westernized standards of you know 150 percent you know to completion completion rates well for for native americans for at, at tribal colleges you know we're we're not necessarily seeing students who go straight through to that completion. We see students who come in and they stop at, you know, they may stop out and they may take a couple of semesters off and they then they may come back and then, you know, they get a little bit further and then other issues may come up and they may have to, you know, stop out again. So that 150 mark that a lot of people are, are measuring success by, that doesn't really fit for, for us in Native Americans. So while we look at, you know, at tribal colleges, while we look at you know, the, those standards, 
and those are the standards that everybody's being measured by, we have to take into other considerations too. You know, we go back to that preparedness. We go back to that historical trauma. We go back to all of these other issues that our students are bringing in. So we're, we're, we're aware of that. We're cognizant of, of those standards. And, and so we, and we utilize those, <clears throat> but we also understand that we don't necessarily fit in those, you know, within those standard guidelines. So, um, but, but those are helpful, you know, those are helpful benchmarks for us to, to utilize. And so we do utilize those in our, our retention efforts and our, and our completion rates and our graduation rates. Yeah, um, thank you for sharing. Uh, I know you touched on it a little bit. You mentioned partners. Um, so it's a great segment into our next question, which is who do you think are important stakeholders that should be part of these open and genuine conversations? And how can they better support uh, tribal colleges and universities um, and indigenous students? You know, I, I think, you know, a lot of a lot of great partners out there, you know, from you know, the uh, accrediting agencies, you know, from the governing bodies, you, you know, Higher Learning Commission, Department of Ed, you know, we have our, our White House initiatives, you know, that, and, and, and we, we, we have a lot of, we have a great relationship, you know, with those institutions, you know, when we go to the Higher Learning Commission, you know, we have a, a travel college uh, section in there, where we get to meet with the, the, the president and the CEO of, of the Higher Learning Commission. We, you know, when we go to a federal student aid conference, you know, we uh, come together as tribal colleges and, and we meet together and we go to these sessions together. You know, so other tribal colleges, you know, using our uh, collective power, you know, to come together and create that space, I, I, I feel like in, in those areas. But you know, the other stakeholders, you know, not just the, those national agencies, but, you know, our our tribes, you know, are, are the stakeholders, our, our state education, you know, our state regents, you know, our, of course, our, our students, our, um, you know, advisory boards from the, um, you know, where are we sending our graduates to? You know, we, we want to create the, the partnerships with, with those stakeholders as well. You know, a lot of our graduates here at the College of Muscogee Nation are going on to the Muscogee Creek Nation to work at that, you know, in those tribal government program offices or, you know, in the gaming office or in the law enforcement offices, you know. Um, and, and so those are more accessible to us to engage those stakeholders and ask them the questions, you know, hey, how are our graduates doing? Or, you know, are, are we preparing them, you know, for you? So that way they're ready to go once they, you know, once they leave our campus over to your campus, are they, are they ready to go? You know, do you, you know, do you have to retrain them on things like that? You know, so that's more accessible to us, but, you know, the other stakeholders are gonna be, you know, um, in, in the city of Tulsa for us, you know, uh, these these larger corporations, you know, getting out and, and, and hearing from, you know, from our from our partners in, within the state. So, you know, um, a lot a lot of great opportunities for us, you know, to to engage, you know, and those are the stakeholders who, who we um, would like to see more engagement. And that comes on us, too. I mean, I'm not I'm not putting it out there saying, you know, that they need to engage us. I think it's, it's part of building that relationship and that collaboration. 
Yeah, it's definitely important. Um, but thank you, Monty, for sharing your insights on who these stakeholders need to be and how they can support all the collective efforts that your college, as well as other tribal colleges and universities are engaging in. Um, and so in terms of challenges, what are some challenges that your institution has encountered as you try to create and execute any of these graduation and retention initiatives that you mentioned earlier? Funding. Funding is, is probably one of our biggest challenges. You know, um, we, we do get a lot of support from our tribe. We get, um, you know, a lot of support from private organizations. The American Indian College Fund is, is a big supporter, you know, um, but, you know, there's, you know, going back to the, the sovereignty of Native American tribes out of all the you know the the institutions in the united states tribal colleges tribal nations have have a different and special relationship with the united states so we have we have a we are sovereign nations and and you know to to that extent i guess uh you know that um you know, and this, these are some of the, the, the terms that, that were coined, you know, in the early, um, you know, in the early, early history of the United States. So, you know, domestic dependent nations. So with that, there is a, there is that trust responsibility. There is that trust relationship between Indian nations and the United States. So all of these treaties it wasn't just about taking land. It was about an exchange for land. So we were guaranteed certain rights for land. And that, that trust, that trust relationship that all this was built on, we're, we're still seeing that you know, and I'm and I'm trying not to say that we're that we're owed anything, but you know, there's you know again there there is that it, it's a very complicated uh, relationship. It's a very complicated issue. You know, you you look at all the tribal colleges in the United States are land grant institutions, and so land grants came from the 1868 Morrill Act. And then later on in the 1890s, I believe, the, the addition was the historically black colleges became land grant institutions. So almost 100 years later, in 1994, tribal colleges became land grant institutions. The first Americans of this country were the last to be designated as land grant institutions. So there is still a lot of inequity in, in funding. There's still a lot of inequity that comes with, with that. And that's part of that historical trauma. I mean, you, you know, whenever we share this with our students, I share this with our students qu quite often, you know, about this, about this, the, the, the status. And, you know, this is part of the teaching. This is part of the curriculum, you, you know, it creates an emotional response. I'm very emotional about this. I'm very passionate about this, you know, because, you know, and it creates this response. And that's part of that, 
you know, that's part of that historical trauma that we that we deal with as, as Native Americans. So, you know, it's a, it's about this trust responsibility that was, you know, that my ancestors, you know, negotiated with the United States. And so, you know, there there are some funding um, budgets that that tribal colleges, there's 37 tribal colleges in the United States. And that that is that is earmarked for tribal colleges. And yet we have to compete against one another for this funding. Where other land grant institutions, where other institutions are, are just granted their money. They're just they're just given their, their funding. Whereas, you know, and, and these are these are some of the, like I said, the the, you know, we're talking about equity, where we're talking about some of the inequities in you know, in, in the in the, the processes that we have here, you know, with, with tribal colleges. Yeah, thank you, Monty. Um, considering, you know, the history, considering the inequities that still exist um, for tribal colleges, how do you think non-tribal colleges and universities can support the success, uh, the student success efforts of tribal colleges and universities? Partnering. Um, you know, understanding, knowledge, um, you know, collaboration, you know, um, you know, Muskogee people, you know, I, I introduced myself with my tribal town, with, with Abika Talladega, Amadolwados, and I said that I'm, I'm from the Abika Talladega nation. And so as Muskogee people, we're made up of these nations and each one are, are is autonomous and and those still exist today they, they they even though we were removed from our original homelands in in the southeastern part of the united states and were relocated we were removed to oklahoma to present day oklahoma these nations still exist here in our in in the forms of of, of these ceremonies that we practice, you know, that we carry on. But but even even in our homelands, these nations, they were they were autonomous, but they worked together. And they and they and they they came together and they collaborated together. And we still see that today. And so, you know, what can other institutions do? Um, you know, continue to, to support us and, and, and help us be a voice and, you know, and, and to collaborate with us. You know, we're working with Emory University right now and we're collaborating with them with, on, a, on a conference, uh, on a symposium uh, later this year in the fall. So we're, we're traveling um, to our homelands. We're taking some of our students and we're visiting some of these historical sites and we're, we're going to visit Emory University and we're going to attend that symposium and, and uh, we're going to have some of our students present and, and you know, we're going to uh, take part in that. And that is that is from them reaching out to us and, and, and inviting us to come out there and, and, and be a part of this symposium and this celebration. So, you know, um, and, and not just them. I mean, you know, there's there's other institutions, you know, um, College of Muskogee Nation. We owe a, a huge debt of gratitude to the uh, to Oklahoma State University Institute of Technology 
that is also located here in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. And they were a, a great partner with us for, for many years as we were working on just the foundation, just the formation of the college and, and while we were seeking accreditation. So, you know, I, I mean, you know, we, we, we have a lot of, lot of good relationships and just, you know, just more, more of that type of, um, you know, collaboration and engagement. Yeah, that's super important. I agree with the, in terms of collaboration, and it's great to hear that other universities are reaching out um, to ensure that you know they're bringing these voices and these experiences into their colleges and sharing them um, and creating that awareness. Um, but with that, that was our last question, and we thank you so much for being here and sharing your insight on the issues impacting Native American and Indigenous students at tribal colleges and universities, as well as um, how non-tribal colleges and universities can better support these efforts um, and provide, like you said, that collaboration. But before we end, is there anything else that you would like to add or say? Uh, I just want to thank you for, you know, for this invitation. Uh, you know, for reaching out to us as well and, and uh, you know, helping us to share our, our voice and share our concerns. So this is a, a great platform. This is a great opportunity. So I'm just, I'm very, very excited for this. And, and uh, I just appreciate you all. Thank you um, for being here, sharing your insights and just helping all of us grow and stay informed. Um, so thank you very much. And yeah, this wraps up uh, our episode of Varying Viewpoints. So thank you for listening.